is our week in the Weege. Hello and welcome to Week in the Weege. I'm Colin Stone. And I'm Kerry-Ann Doherty. This week in the Weege, the Countess of Dumbarton, also known as Meghan Markle, is expecting... But what do the locals think? Bad news for one of Glasgow's most popular tourist attractions. And more needs to be done in schools to teach youngsters about positive body image. That's a call from a Scottish charity. All that and more on A Week in the Weege. This is A Week in the Weege. Do you think I'm too newsy, but? No, you're, you're perfect. Like, it's a different energy. A different energy? Aye, yeah. What do I need to be more like? I think, no, I think you just need to be you and you are being you and this is exactly what the podcast needs is some realistic... Because the thing is, I'm not from Glasgow. Natalie's not from Glasgow. I know, I am the original Weege. You are the, you are the Weege <laughs> in the week in the Weege. Uh, so you are more than right, welcome to be podcast, here. first podcast, so bear with me, okay? Right, okay, well, thank you for joining us, Carrie-Anne. This is much appreciated. This is your podcast as much as anybody else's. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's nice to be here. Okay, good. But that, uh, let's just go straight on to this first story of the last seven days. Meghan Markle, the Countess of Dumbarton, is pregnant. She, of course, ruined uh, most of our dreams, including mine, by marrying Prince Harry <laughs> <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier this year. And now she is due to give birth to the seventh in line for the throne in 2019. Here's what the reaction was, or some of the reaction was, to the news in Dumbarton. Oh, another royal baby. Good luck to her. I hope it's soon. That's another moose to feed. Another moose to feed. Well, I suppose good luck to him. I thought it might happen quite quickly. I think it's lovely. I think people should just butt out and let them enjoy their lives. Not interested at all. Absolute indifference. Not interested. It doesn't really affect me in any way, to be honest. Nice news, it's nice to hear everybody, but... Not, not interested in what I'm afraid. Right, carry on. Uh, so you've kind of been covering some of this story. What's the impression you get of what people in Dumbarton think about the Earl and Countess of Dumbarton having a baby? Well, do you know what, Colin? There wasn't a middle ground. It went from one end of the scale right up to the other one. They were either absolutely furious and couldn't care less, or they were really quite happy about it. Uh, is that surprising? Do you think this kind of uh, attitude of oh yeah, we actually, we either love the royals or we hate them. Is that a very Scottish attitude, do you think? I'm not really sure. I mean, has she even been to Dumbarton? I don't think so. Like, hmm. we, we, when they got married, we went and spoke to them. And I'm pretty sure they had never been here. I would be impressed if she'd heard of it, but maybe I'm not giving her enough credit. Maybe if the kid gets a Scottish name, might like her a little bit more. That's true. What do you think about this? Hamish. Hamish? That's a cracking name. Andrew? Finley. And mm, I like it. Andrew's not... Uh, to, be, to be fair, Andrew would fit in kind of with the royal line of names. I can't imagine they're going to call him, like, Davy. Do you notice we've only come up with boys' names, though? That's very true. Well, is, it's, have they said it's a boy or a girl? No, we don't know. Well, they don't know. We don't know. No one knows. <laughs> okay, right. Back to Dumbarton. The people there who, uh, yeah, we, we only kind of covered a very small minority of what people were thinking... Uh, I think, in my opinion, there is very much a divide. I think there's a divide between the people who care, who I would say largely are down south, and the people here who maybe don't care quite as much. And I can't say, I don't know why that is, but I certainly think, you saw the reaction outside Buckingham Palace, people were loving it. They were like, oh, it's so precious, there's a baby. You're never going to find Jock in DeBarton High Street sharing that emotion. But people don't go to Buckingham Palace if they don't like the royals. That's also very true. Do yeah. you think... Anyone from... Oh, have you been to Buckingham Palace? I haven't, no. Have you not? No. Oh, man, I think I've been should twice. Should I have been? You probably should. Really? Yeah. Just Is that as, like a must-do? It's, like it's like a thing you do if you're being touristy in London. But you can't get in. <laughs> well, no, you can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be surprised if you could. But Like, you know, when you go to New York and you go up the Empire State, 
Like, what is there to do at Buckingham Palace? You go and you look at the shiny gold building. You think, whoa, that's amazing. Is it gold? Yeah, well, some of it's gold. Not the whole, whole thing is gold. <laughs> and you see, like, the guards going back and forwards. Okay, cool. But it's more of a, yeah, it's very much a tourist attraction. I'm sure you're much more about, like, the hip, up-and-coming, like, urban grime scene of London. That seems more like your patch. You get that from me? I get that vibe. Hmm, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... We're happy. We are happy for the Royals and Week of the Weeds. That's where, that's where we'll leave it. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah, sorry, that was so bad. <laughs> this is a Week in the Weeds. So what do we think? More needs to be done in schools to teach youngsters about positive body image. That's the call from a Scottish charity which has successfully campaigned against plastic surgery adverts being shown during Love Island. The Advertising Standards Authority has ruled it was irresponsible for them to be shown during the programme. Now, before we get to that discussion about this, here's Isabella Goldie from the Mental Health Foundation explaining why they're so harmful. I mean, we were in a very clear um, agreement in the organisation that Having the advert playing where it did, strategically playing alongside Love Island, alongside the tone of the advert, the way that the young women were scantily clad, and the way that it really showed an aspirational lifestyle, or actually showed the fact that, or gave the the impression that you had to um, have this perfect body to be able to aspire to um, having a good lifestyle. I think it's deeply worrying for us. So, actually being given fed these pictures these images on TV and magazines um, that we know that young women are, are drawn to and programmes are drawn to, like Love Island, gives us this perception that this is how you actually have to look to be able to um, have a good, aspire to a good life and how you have to look to be able to fit in with others. And I think that issue of fitting in, that was something that we also found in our survey um, in Mental Health Awareness Week this year, is that young women, um, young people in general, but young women, um, in particular, struggle with this idea of fitting in with others. So actually, you know, the way that the advert gave the impression is that there'd been thousands of, of other people who'd had breast enlargement really just buys right into that idea that you do have to have plastic surgery to be able to be one of the crowd. Okay, Kerri-Anne, you've been on top of the story. First of all, what do you think of the ads and the fact that they were shown during Love Island advocating plastic surgery? And should they have been banned? Well, do you know what? I was a big, big Love Island fan, especially this year. No way. Absolutely. Really? <laughs> I just spoke about it every single day. <laughs> I did. Couldn't have guessed. Just in case you didn't know. Um, and also, it made me want plastic surgery. Really? Absolutely, yeah. Why? I had myself changing my forehead, changing my nose, a little bit of cheek fillers. You know, I even wanted my top lip done. Uh, to do what, bigger? Smaller? Yes, bigger. It looks fine. Everyone says I've got good lips, but... <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I wouldn't want to suggest... Always of... room for improvement, Colin. Always room for improvement. I mean, one of the girls was rumoured to have like £30,000 worth of work done to not just her face, but her body as well, so... Right, okay, so having watched the show and felt like you needed some sort of amendments to your face, do you think it was right for the adverts to be banned? No, I don't think they should be. Why? Because if they didn't see them watching Love Island, they were going to see the pictures in magazines and newspapers, on Facebook, everywhere else. So banning them during the programme is not going to have any effect whatsoever. I disagree. Why? Because I think you have a show like that, Love Island, which is very much a young demographic, which is a young Instagram generation seeing all these beautiful, like, 
way too high expectation goals models people on love island being like these people are beautiful oh look here's an advert for plastic surgery i could look like them too that in my mind is irresponsible on the company's behalf but the people watching the adverts are also the people watching the programs which means they are also seeing girls in the show picking each other up giving each other confidence boosts but you just mentioned one of the contestants had already had like umpteen surgeries that's her choice it's, though it's portraying in in my mind an unrealistic body image not just for the men for the women as well i mean you know you're looking at these people if you're an average joe or an average jane looking at these people being like wow she's amazing oh wait she's had plastic surgery to look like that i should have that too i get your point <laughs> i still want my lips done well, you still want your lips done <laughs> what would you recommend for me what, what should i get done you the way you are oh thank you i was expecting you to say like full face transplant you could do with your eyebrows getting a little trim though (laughs) (laughs) but you know you don't need plastic surgery for that it's a week in the weege there's bad news for glasgow as two popular tourist attractions look set to close indefinitely amid a seven million pound repair bill it's the people's palace and the winter gardens in glasgow green and apparently they're going to shut at the end of this year after public safety concerns. Carry on, uh, before we get into the discussion, just tell me kind of roughly why this is happening. Well, Glasgow City Council have been looking at ways to bring the Victorian structure of the Winter Gardens, which dates back to 1898, to modern safety levels. The People's Palace also has to close as the fire escape there requires access to that glass house. But the local authority is looking at ways the building can remain open independently so the art house there can be kept on display. Okay, so basically these two iconic buildings in Glasgow are being shut down indefinitely because they are essentially falling apart and are not safe enough. Why, in this kind of day and age, can we not say, you know what, these buildings need to repair urgently, we're going to have them open again by January next year? Because indefinitely, to me, is a massive tourism blow to Glasgow. Like, what else What else can you do in Glasgow? Well, my first question is, where was the maintenance guy? <laughs> That's a very good question. Surely the amount of work that's needing done could have been done in little bits, you know, as it cropped up. Aye. I mean, especially if it's been here since 1898. How does it get to a point where all of a sudden it needs to shut urgently for £7 million worth of repairs? That is a very good question. And it's almost something that, you know, as journalists, we probably should have asked ourselves. But you know what? That is a very good point. The thing is... Leader of Glasgow City Council, if you are listening, (laughs) where was your maintenance guy? And are you paying him enough? Because clearly not. The thing for me is that, yeah, you're right. This is in, an indefinite closure. And it's £7 million. It's not just, oh, by the way, we have to close for a week or two. You know, it's, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand. We just need to, repl- you know, replace a couple of doors. It's literally, no, we have no idea when this is going to reopen. Here's £7 million to fix it. And also, do we care that much? When was the last time you were at the Winter Gardens? Have you ever been to the Winter Gardens? I believe so. Was it for transmit? Quite possibly. (laughs) (laughs) However, why are they closing the winter gardens in winter? That's also a very good question. Hmm. For me is, yeah, it's the, I don't know, demand versus supply, not quite. But essentially, is it worth spending £7 million on something which, I mean, do people go there? Do people, it's a pretty sight, I will not deny that. I just think the money could be spent elsewhere. I think I've heard of people getting married inside it. Really? I think it's fucked pretty, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, it is. But you've got things like the Kilmore Art Gallery Museum. You've got Loch Lomond, just stones throw away. You've got the Hydro. You've got the SEC and everything. And all the other things that kind of come with it. So Yall Street, Buchanan Galleries. 
I think £7 million, when there are bigger issues in the city, is a massive amount of money to be spending on something when you don't actually know if it's going to reopen again. What would you like to see fixed before it? <sighs> That's a very... In my mind, Socky Hall Street. Socky Hall Street. Socky Hall Street. Socky. Socky Hall Street. Okay, fine, you're the weed. Socky. <laughs> Socky Hall Street. Uh, at the moment, does Socky very much because... <laughs> <laughs> because there is such an amount of work currently being done and needing done to the street. I don't have have you been on Sucky Hall Street recently? Yes, I forgot there was a closure. <laughs> right, you ended up in the massive one way systems and What a nightmare. Exactly. So takes you like halfway around the town to get back. Why oh. why on earth can't they just chuck more money at that instead of what's happening at the moment, which has been closure upon closure as they widen the pavements, as they, I don't know, do what to Soggy Hall Street, make it more European? When, I thought the works were to create a one-way system indefinitely, though. Well, yeah, but also... So surely that's just a sign of things to come. But it's been going on for so long. Like this, These works have been happening for months, not to mention the closures from the Victoria's Fire and the Macintosh Fire, which are going to close off more of the street for even longer. I mean, who knows when the Macintosh side of the street's going to reopen, not to mention the ABC and all the kind of venues there and thereabouts. That is the priority, not these two buildings that nobody cares about. Yeah, I get it. The city centre is quite a sad state of affairs right now. Is that where you'd put the money? Yes. Absolutely. I think so. <laughs> That's There we go. That's a little bit of everything. Carry on. <laughs> yes, I believe so. I think so. Moving on. <laughs> Maybe. That'll do. A <laughs> <laughs> week in the weege. Well, that nearly brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, it's time once again to find out how good our Glasgow geography is as we play Where in the Weeds. Yes, every week one of us will take a turn to guess what part of Glasgow and the West the other is talking about based on three clues. If we get it right in the first clue, it's three points. Second clue, it's two. And third clue is one. There is a running tally. And last week, Carrie ann Natalie got zero with Mary Hill, <laughs> continuing her fine run of form. But you have the chance to redeem her by getting one of these next three clues. So bear in mind, it could be anywhere in Glasgow and the West, as long as it's kind of in the Clyde patch. First clue is going to be quite hard to get around to slightly easier. Okay. Challenge accepted. Okay, clue number one. This part of Glasgow in the West used to be referred to as the Lennox. Lennox Town. Incorrect. But good guess. I can see where you might have got that from. <laughs> okay. Second clue. It lies on the north shore of the Firth of Clyde and is next to Gearloch. Oh my goodness. You know this. Is this an obvious one? It's on the north side. So if you can imagine the Clyde, yep. it's on the north side and it's next to Gearloch. No, you've lost me. <laughs> really? Really? Okay. And uh, last but not least, it is one of the final train stops on the Glasgow Queen Street lower level in Argyle and Butte. I cannot remember the last time I was on a train. <laughs> okay. Goodness right. me. Okay, let's 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 find a slightly easier one for you. Oh wow. Uh, let's let's just see how many clues you can get. Twenty-five miles away from Glasgow, west. Fuck away you go, I don't know. Opposite it, opposite this place I'm talking about is Greenock. What's in the other side of Greenock? Come on. Oh. No, I don't know. <laughs> Just give us a guess. Give us a is guess. Is your map upside down? It's absolutely not. What's literally what is opposite Greenock? If Greenock's on the south side, what's on the north side? I don't know. <sighs> Starts with an H. Helen's Brook. Yes. <laughs> I thought go. that was the south. I didn't know you said the north side. 
north, north side of the Clyde. Yeah, but then you started going about going west in the last stop it's, here. And yeah, it's it's the last stop on the Glasgow Queen Street lower level going west. Is it? It's in Argyll and Butte. Oh. It's next to Gearloch. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm going to give you, because you eventually got it right on like the fifth or sixth clue and also my clues were a bit vague. Where was the clue about Faz Lane? I would have got it. I, thought, I should have said that. Okay, let's, let's rewind time. Yes. It also has the Faz Lane Naval Base in it. Helensboro. There we go. One point to carry. And you know what? I actually, I will give you a point for that because that last clue was naff. Yeah. I'm was. very sorry about that. But no, well done. You have redeemed your female race. Thank you. <laughs> So you're saying we needed redeemed? I don't think, no, I, I think just after last week where I said, you know, the final clue or second clue was like, this area is named after a person. Would you have got that? Mary Hill? Yeah. yeah of course. Exactly. So <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> Get Natalie. Come back next week. Yes. We'll make you lose more points. Better luck next time. <laughs> a Week in the Weege is a Radio Clyde News production. For the latest around the clock, follow on Twitter at Radio Clyde News. Well, that brings us to the end of today's Week in the Week. Join us again next time for more on the biggest stories across Glasgow and the West. Thank you, Kerry ann And don't forget to follow us at Radio Clyde News on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes, tell a friend, spread the word, and we'll see you next time on Week in the Week. Bye-bye.